Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart and leadership. Let's lead well. Hello and welcome to the Lead Well podcast. This is Javon Leggins, and today I'm joined by Pastor Aaron Bourne. Pastor Aaron, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, it's always good to be joined by a good friend. And, you know, I've known you for a little while. I know you as a great pastor, a great husband, a great father. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Pastor Javon. Well, as you said, I serve on the Central Ministries team as a men's pastor here at Victory Church. I've been on staff as of this month for five years and I could not have done that without the strongest, most beautiful and talented human being I've ever met, my wife, Natalie. And she has given me two amazing daughters created in her image, Liliana and Gabriella. <laughs> so I, I have the privilege of living in a house full of women. and uh, which, is, which is why you were called the men's ministry. I, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I had to balance the estrogen and testosterone there. I have a, I have a dog, a boy dog. That's about it right now. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself. And one of the reasons I'm excited to have you on today is that this is actually the first podcast episode that is geared specifically towards our men listeners who are leaders. And I know many of you who are listening lead inside of victory and many of you lead beyond victory. You know, you lead in your home, you lead in your your job, your careers. And this particular podcast episode is for you. And I'm really excited about it. One of the things that Pastor Aaron, we were talking about was why you decided to become a men's pastor. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I just wanted to share part of my story today and explain my journey. And I believe that a lot of the men listening and even the families of the men listening are really going to be able to relate to it in some degree and identify and hopefully even be changed by it at a heart level. Because um, I have dedicated my life to seeing men become all that God's created them to be. So that started back in uh, really at Victory. It started back in 2016. I've been involved with some men's ministry in some form or fashion since 2010. But back in 2016, we launched the men's ministry here and it, and it grew to be called Men United. And as you can tell just from the name that um, the purpose of that ministry is to build bridges and remove obstacles. And so we want to connect men with the most meaningful relationships in their life. And so that starts with them being connected with their maker, with Jesus, the, the, the one who died for them. And through that, they're going to experience healthier relationships in their marriage uh, as fathers with their children. And, and be reunited, uh, be united actually with their purpose, the reason why they were created, the reason why they exist, and to really fulfill their identity. And the one I think that gets overlooked a lot is to experience true godly brotherhood. Most men are isolated, and they never have really ever experienced that. And some men are intimidated by brotherhood. And But if you've ever been in a true godly brotherhood, it is life-changing, and it helps you with all the other ones. It will support your relationship with God. It will support your marriage. Um, they'll support you as a father. And uh, I believe so much in it that isolation is what kills. And so there are three words that drive this ministry, believe, belong, lead. And the way these words play out in this ministry is we, we start by helping exchange the lies that men believe about their lives. And uh, we exchange those lies with truth. And we create environments where they're encouraged to belong and to really experience their identity as sons of God. Because most men struggle with sonship. They struggle with understanding 
like you can tell someone they're a son, but until they actually can grasp that and really know what that means and what that entitles them to, they'll be kind of living at half capacity. But a man comes fully alive when he understands who he's created to be as a son. And uh, in response to that, that realized truth, he answers the call in his life to lead in every environment as a, as a free man. He's not inhibited anymore. He doesn't have to prove himself. He doesn't have, he, he's not living in addiction. He's not living in, in his broken nature. He's, he's living in freedom, fully alive, full of power. So that's believe law lead. You know, that, that came to bear because of what I experienced as a, as a young man. And so I always want to share that. And I go back to my story a lot because I think that that's all we ever really have as, as, as individuals. You know, the Bible says uh, by the word of our testimony. So I'm, I always want to talk about my testimony because that's what led to the vision that God gave me for men's ministry. And so um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were ministers. And around the age of 13 is when their marriage became to uh, begin to uh, break apart, at least from where when it became visible to us as kids and six years later, they, they got divorced. And I remember, so I was 18 years old. I was in boot camp in the Marines when I get word that my parents divorced. And I remember, you know, the finality of it that I saw it coming a long time, but uh, it, it was, it was crushing. And here we are 20 years later and I still feel the pain of that, uh, that brokenness because I knew that that was not the way Uh, that God intended things to be. That was not his plan. And I can tell you that uh, I have a brother and a sister, and all of us responded to that in various ways, but that had a huge impact in who, in who all of us became. Um, And so from, from, from that, you know, I, I went into the Marines and I went into the Marines. I think part of it was for escape, but the other part was I wanted to go fix the world. Like I couldn't fix this this part of my world. So I was going to go save the world. And I was going to do that by killing bad guys and protecting people. And the problem with killing bad guys in order to save the world is that there's always another bad guy. And then you look at, I mean, just look at the history of it in the Middle East. You, you kill uh, one guy and then he raises his son up to hate you and then so on and so on. And you've got wars that have gone on for thousands of years because you can't save the world by ending lives. <laughs> and so I didn't realize that at that age yet, but uh, I did know that I was a warrior and I did, uh, love warrior culture. I just didn't really know how to live that out. But that led me, I came home from the Marines, probably a little bit disenfranchised and uh, ended up in the nightclub business where I'd spend about a decade of my life and uh, never thought that that's where I was going to go growing up, especially growing up in a Christian ministry home. But while I was there, it's funny, nightclubs are kind of like a science experiment. You get to see humanity in this one room and uh, you get to see how it plays out because it's the same issues that we all deal with, but it's like on steroids. So you're seeing everyone's insecurities, everyone's uh, lies that they're believing or living out, everyone trying to compensate for their, their own brokenness, what they experience in their families or the things that they're running away from. And, uh, you know, you see people, they, they, they respond through addiction, they respond through uh, – you know, trying to hook up all the time. And, 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 and inevitably it didn't matter what the background was, whether it'd be you know, businessmen, there'd be politicians, athletes. It was an equalizer. Cause in that room, everybody was trying to pretend they were something they weren't. And they were trying to compensate for something that was missing. So you'd watch fights happen every night. And I remember constantly having to break up fights, constantly having to deal with egos. 
all the superficialness, but it gave me such an, uh, a ground level view of humanity. <laughs> and I got to witness like, this is the result of brokenness. This is what happens when men aren't who they're created to be. When men grow up in broken environments, when they're abandoned by fathers, uh, when they're not in an environment that teaches them there's another way to live, there's no vision for their life of anything more than consuming or anything more than achieving. And so uh, while that was a dark time in my life, God used that season to teach, to prepare me for men's ministry. And I remember coming out of there saying, okay, I've seen all the world has to offer. I've seen men at the pinnacle of their success and men at the bottom, and they both seem just as wounded and broken. They're just living it out differently. And I took that experience. And as I, as God called me back to him, as I finally realized there was more to my life, God took all those experiences and he helped kind of write my thesis for men's ministry. And I think I just realized that men are always going to try to fill their brokenness and their wounds with something. And it's usually going to be something that they don't have to engage with and be vulnerable with. So it's going to, they may use people, they're going to use jobs, they're going to use money, their careers, but they don't, they don't want to slow down. In fact, they go into nightclubs because it's dark and it's noisy and they want to block out anything that's going to make them have to face what's really going on inside because it's painful. And so uh, we do that now. I mean, you may not go to a nightclub, but we do that in our careers. We do that even with our families. We just load our calendars up, staying as busy as possible so we never have to slow down and face the deep, dark stuff that's there that we've just avoided for so long. And so that was uh, <laughs> that was kind of like part of my seminary <laughs> training right there. It was just being in, the, in, the, in that environment. And so when God finally called me out of that, or when I finally answered God's call, I'm sure he was calling the whole time, but when I finally responded to that call and I returned home, I, re, I came back to Jesus and, and realized, okay, he has called me to be a warrior. He has called me to make a difference and to fight evil, but it's going to come through loving people and not, not eliminating them. So, <laughs> you know, it's the same war. It's just a completely new weapon and new targets. And you realize you're not, you're not going after people, you're going after you know, the, you know, the enemy, the lies that they believe the, and what the damage that Satan's done in their heart. And so, you know, years later I end up in men's ministry and I believe in it so passionately because I know that if you can capture man's heart, one man can make a huge impact. You never know what that man's called to do, but I've seen men who everyone else had given up on I've seen them radically change. And I'm the last person to give up on somebody because I believe that that's my story. I believe that on any given day, someone can make the decision to come back home. Someone can make the decision to turn around and head in a different direction. So as a leader, as a manager in my career, there have been times where I probably have given way too much grace because I'm the last one to want to give up on somebody because uh, my mom and my grandmother prayed for me every day for 10 years. And my grandmother wasn't alive when I came back to Jesus, but her, she knows her prayers are answered. And so I am, um, you know, now being here five years, we get to speak with um, wives and, and men in our church who are experiencing their own pain and brokenness. And I, uh, I never want to give up on them because I know that 
through all that exterior, through all those walls that guys have learned to throw up. And it's not necessarily their fault. I mean, you have a culture that has taught you to build walls around yourself. But I know that if you can crack through that wall and you can get, if, if God can get a hold of that man's heart, not only will his family change, but he will change history for generations to come because as he gets healthy, his kids will get healthy and his children and his grandchildren. And you'll be able to trace it back to one man who made, who made a decision to follow God. And so, you know, people ask why men's ministry It's because I believe in getting the most bang for my buck. You know, like if I want to uh, grow God's church and I want to change the world, well, all the statistics say, start with a man. You know, you, you look at, uh, it's, they're pretty common numbers. I, I think I haven't know if they've been updated over the years, but basically it's like 17% of the time. If the mother goes to church, the children go to church. But if you get the father involved, you get a father to follow God. 93% of the time, the, the children will, will continue to follow God, even into their adulthood. They'll make that decision because the, the man modeled it. And we are wired to replicate what we see modeled. And we, you know, that's why men do well with sports because, uh, uh, you know, we get coaching because we can watch a game every weekend and we can see that we know how you're supposed to act. We know that public displays of affection are okay on the, on the football field. We know that this is what a coach does. This is how the game's played. And we come out of there and we understand the culture. We understand it's acceptable for men to be emotional in that environment. It's acceptable for men to, uh, you know, uh, be affectionate. It's acceptable for men to do all these things because we've seen it modeled, but we've never seen men model what uh, most of us have never seen men model what it looks like to run after God. And so, you know, you look at churches full of women sometimes and you say, well, where are all the men? Well, the problem is it's not that men uh, don't love God. They just don't know how to connect with God. They don't know what it's supposed to look like. And so we, uh, you know, as a men's pastor, we get to create a model. We get to say, this is, you can still be masculine and be a passionate about Jesus. You can be masculine and worship. You can be masculine and lead your family and you don't have to compensate. You don't have to fake it. And it doesn't have to look the same as what your wife does. You know, uh, God made you uniquely male for a reason and there's strength in that. And there's power in that, but we need to create some uh, images, some models for men so they know what it's supposed to look like. And so um, those are the lessons that, you know, I picked up along the way. And that's taken a lot of story, a lot of pain and, cut, and putting it into a very small uh, nutshell. But I know that when I share my story and I talk about what drew me into this, I also know that there are men listening right now that you can relate to just the surface of what I talked about, that you can relate to some of that pain that you experienced in your family, what you've witnessed in your career, maybe what you've even lived out. And I believe while I'm talking that God's even speaking to your heart about either how he wants you to change or two, he's calling you to respond and how you can impact the lives of other men. And so as, as I'm saying this, I think that, you know, my takeaway, my, my hope for you is that you will understand what's at stake here. You know, right now, 2021, we've never had anything like this. We had so much division in politics, in race, even in the church. I, you know, I'll come in on the weekend and I'll see people I've known forever who will be uh, divisive against each other over, over things like a, like a face mask or over a politician and a person. And we've never, ever needed godly male leadership more than we do today. 
And we've got to unite. We've got to come together. We've got to understand what's at stake. It's not about us. It's about the next generation. It's about manhood. It's about the future of the church, the future of our families, and the future of this country. If it's not going to be us, then God's going to have to pass over us and find another generation of men they're going to be willing to. But as for me, man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm going to uh, go after this 110%. I believe there's men that are listening right now who are doing the exact same thing. God's put on their heart, and God's called them to make a difference. And so take the pain, take your experiences, take the things you've learned, write it down somewhere, take it to God and pray about it, and see how he wants you to respond to that and how he wants you to lead using your experiences to, to change the world. And so this is the verse I want to leave you guys with. Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verse two. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So men, uh, it's your turn to respond. It's your, it's your turn to uh, teach others as well. Wow, that is so good, Pastor Aaron. Thank you so much for pouring into our leaders by sharing your story. And I really do appreciate that challenge. Much like you said earlier in another verse that you mentioned in Revelations 12, it says they try and find the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. And your challenge to us is to share and for us to take that turn to cause others to triumph and cause ourselves and our families and our society and those uh, that we influence and impact to triumph as well. Thank you so much. I really can't wait until we have the opportunity to sit down again. Uh, and for those of you who are listening, I can't wait till we have the chance to come together again for another uh, podcast episode. Until then, you can always go and look for additional leadership content at our website at leadwellpeople.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadwellpeople. There is a lot of additional encouraging content there that we would love to bless you with. And until we come back together again, this is Lead Well, where together we sharpen our skills and strengthen our hearts. <laughs>